Today is Monday, July 24th, 2017. This is episode 46 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. With your host, Flatus and Shinder. Welcome, everybody, to Maelstrom Radio. My name is Flattis. With me, as always, this host is too legit to quit. It's Shin. No? All right, I'll take that one. All right. All right. This host, and I'm honored this for this one, this host, I'm 100% positive that Martin Shkreli bought the new Wu-Tang album so that this host couldn't remix it with Final Fantasy X. It's too mellow. Can I cuss on the show? Oh, you absolutely yep. fucking can. God damn it, Martin Shkreli. <laughs> you for making that reference. Now I'm upset going into the podcast. Oh, no. I ruined it all for everybody. I'm so sorry. Say so that pretty much is par for the course for it. So, it, Oh, no. Listen, I'm upset, too, and I'm a big Wu-Tang fan, so I grew up listening to yeah. Wu-Tang. But dude, when you did, th- I don't like, I know we're going to go into it, but oh, that three, when you did three, six chambers, oh, so good. Anyway, hey, like, you need to like speed run through all of this. I know. I know. Step. I'm so excited for the other stuff. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's get through the other stuff. Uh, all right. So uh, we got enough. Any FC news? Not really. We didn't do much this last week. <laughs> We did, hi I don't really log on, so yeah. yeah uh, hi, <laughs> new people that joined us. We appreciate it, and <laughs> I mean that's the thing that happened. All right, uh, so for Final Fantasy fourteen news, uh, they're changing the price of carbonized matter price adjustments. Uh, a lot of it's getting a lot cheaper, so it's like anywhere between I don't know five to fourteen gil, something like that. Uh, so you know, <laughs> we. Clan, clan with a K. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's wrong a, spelling. I'm pretty sure that's it's the a wrong C. spelling for the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> yeah. but I appreciate. Yeah, I, and uh, there's. <laughs> I know, I know, shit. I know, my mind went there too. I know. All right, and there's new optional items. So if you missed the uh, the spring event last year, the uh, with the uh, posing rangers, uh, you can go buy all their poses and the music. The song's really worth it, and the poses are worth it. So if you want to dab on people, yeah, you can dab on people. That's it. That's all I got for news. I know there's nothing else really. Oh, uh, I guess there's one thing. I guess there somebody. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guild. Something fire. <laughs> some some FC ran and got world first this past week, and congratulations to them. I listen. You know my opinion. <laughs> world first in MMO. I mean, good for them, but different episode. Different episode. So, uh, so thing, but. You're here because I invited Two Mellow, remix artist, game composer, 
I've been listening to his music a lot. Listen, uh, not I've been give, listen. I've been sending people to your website because I've been streaming your music while I stream this week, <laughs> like week and a half. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, so so just so you know, um, uh, it's too mellow. Uh, mellow, uh, could you tell people who you know who you are, what you do? Yeah, I can. Um, oh. I am a music composer and a sound designer and a remixer um i love video games and hip-hop i work on video games and i sometimes remix them with hip-hop yeah that's pretty much it actually i can never be that smooth in a mic i want to be that I, smooth in a mic i, can't I, never I practiced be. for a long time um did you we can we, we can talk about that i think that's one of the kind of one of the questions maybe uh, all right well, let's let's dive into some of these questions. I'm sure as we go like normal with us, uh, sometimes we we spawn extra questions that are not necessarily on the list. But I hope you you're okay with that. So let's jump right in. Uh, yeah, of course. What what got you started in like I and from what I you know when I first started finding you, you were doing remixes. So what got you started in making remixes? Well, uh, for the remixes, I. Uh, really like sampling. Um, I like taking things and recontextualizing them uh, in music. And I had done some video game sampling before, but I had an idea that maybe I could make something different, something using rap acapellas that had kind of like a theme to it. And one one of the things that I'm, I'm always kind of upset about, or it's it's getting a lot better, but basically... In, in rap music, you don't have a lot of like real uh, nerdy type people to look up to. So I, you know, I have two big sides of myself. And one is that I'm really into um, video games and movies and uh, literature. And the other side of me is really into rap music. And the two don't often get to cross um, because rap music kind of picked its its topics. And picked it's uh, the things that it wants to express and not all of that is about being nerdy so i had the idea that i could flip it and make this album where where jay-z has like a, a coming out being a geek thing and he proves it by rapping over an entire album of crown trigger beats and i thought maybe that by doing this i would be able to get some video game fans into hip-hop and vice versa Nice. Now, all right. So, like, here, talking about spawning a question. Now, you mentioned uh, that that there wasn't a lot of nerd in the rap scene or the rap music. Now, what when when nerdcore rap started becoming a thing? Uh, what when you look at something like MC Lars or uh, MC Chris or any of the other beefy, all the other like nerdcore? Like, how, what do you, what was your take on that? Were you were you happy to start seeing that happen? Sometimes, um, I like beefy. Um, okay. I like I like Mega Ran. I like okay. Samus. Um, I'm very selective in like the nerdcore rap that I enjoy because it is a it's a genre that is built on and kind of like subsists on only like referencing things at a pretty surface level. And you know, every once in a while, having personal songs that are impressive, but a like a larger trend in like newer nerdcore artists that are spawning from these older ones that maybe have more musical experience and respect for the genres that they're referencing. There are a lot of newer nerdcore artists that don't really want to study hip hop and learn the fundamentals before just kind of jumping in 
Um, and in with with nerdcore, there's almost like a cult of unprofessionalism. It's like some something they are proud of. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure about like the legs that that genre has, but I think there are some really impressive artists doing work in it. Okay. Uh, so my next question, uh, what drove your passion to becoming a game composer? Well, um, it's almost just that I love games and music and being able to put the two together and kind of, you know, I idolize and sample and work with all these game soundtracks, but to make my own, uh, and to become part of that world and one of my favorite industries and also to, to match visuals with music and sound is a big passion of mine. And also um, it's a career path. It's a way to make a living as a musician um, that is a little easier than like releasing and promoting, marketing your own albums. I can attach my art to this piece of work that has so many arts attached to it and we can all work together to push it. Nice. Uh, so that you mentioned that, that piece of art. So what, what, what is your favorite? Like so far, like what, what, out of all the stuff you've done, what is your favorite piece that you've made? Actually, it's not released yet. Oh, really? But I can talk about it. I can talk about it on, on, um, the, the video game. Y'all know Towerfall? I do know Towerfall. Um, the, the man behind Towerfall, Matt Thorson, uh, made a team and is making a new game called Celeste. And I did a song for Celeste um, that is a remix of one of the great songs by the actual composer on the game, whose name is Lena Rain. And uh, she was kind enough to contact me and a bunch of other musicians and get us to submit remixes. And I did something for that that I think is going to be really special. But besides that, I think that uh, just generally the work across read-only memories is probably my favorite stuff. It's uh, all these characters have their own themes and the themes repeat. Um, the The music gets really emotional and it's got just about as many tracks as a 90s RPG. So I really went all out for that one. Nice. So we're in, uh, you know, shouldn't doing the best that he can move the 2064 question right around. Awesome, dude. It's me. <laughs> I appreciate. I just want to let you know. Listen, Shin. This is why I have Shin on the show. <laughs> keeping keeping shit real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So, all right, perfect. When you were composing twenty sixty four ROM, uh, what was uh some of your inspirations uh for the soundtrack? Well, the biggest and like brightest reference for cyberpunk that I have, besides like William Gibson novels, which isn't really an audio thing, um, is uh Blade Runner. So my main thing was just listening to a lot of Vangelis and thinking about those instrument types. But the uh, director of the game told me that he specifically wanted to get the sounds from like Sega Genesis to Sega CD, which is the Yamaha uh, DX7 synthesizer. So I'm like, okay, I got I can marry these two somehow. And the, the Genesis sounds are really good for getting kind of like a, a hip hoppy house house music you feel so i essentially made like vangelis rap music <laughs> for for read only memories very anthemic melodic vangelis rap music um yeah i was gonna say uh to me when i was starting to listen to it, i was like man he went for that like 80s synth 
that early like late 80s early 90s almost like hip-hop those like some of the yeah. tracks i'm like i'm like man this is that late 80s early 90s hip-hop beats it's a great album thank you um and a few other inspirations that came uh from the director he sent me a bunch of stuff from bubblegum crisis and the soundtrack to robot carnival which is an anime film um and i also was playing a lot of the phoenix wright games at the time and i was playing persona 3 and 4 around that time so i got a lot of inspired uh, inspiration from shoji maguro's compilations compositions in those games nice um all right so uh speaking still on uh that soundtrack what was some of the most uh, difficult things about composing uh, a game soundtrack um you make something that you think is really good privately and and the team doesn't think it's really good and on my first soundtrack this was hard it's not hard anymore to like separate emotions from uh from the work but it was a little hard when i just really felt like this thing is hitting this is like a weird unique thing that we definitely need to keep in this game and everyone was like no we really don't like it though <laughs> appreciate you were trying something new but we really don't like it and um but over time i think that you kind of realize the way that you need to to hit the people that are working with you and satisfy what they are looking for in your music and also satisfy yourself so uh the the two i guess the two warring factions eventually make peace uh creatively and we're doing more music and games together now so that relationship of like knowing what they mean by a certain criticism and knowing how to respond to it has continued so the most difficult thing was just getting acclimated and like working within a particular style but once I picked the instruments that I knew everyone would always like and I figured out how to respond to the criticism, it was actually easier than it would have been if I was just freewheeling to have this defined area to work in. Okay. But like, how long does it usually take you to come up with this, like either individually or as a whole soundtrack for the entire game? Uh, the way that Read Only Memories was made in particular, it won't be this way with every game that I work on was very piece by piece, like set by set, even level by level. So um, I was sometimes making songs for things that I haven't even seen yet and working a little faster than the rest of the team. And sometimes I was behind, but I would say on average, the entire process of making a song is probably like eight to 10 hours, sometimes more and sometimes less. And you kind of work with the team to kind of get the, the mood of the atmosphere of what they kind of want for each level or each song. Yeah, if I flub up really bad the first time after they give me some keywords, I usually get some uh, YouTube links, like here's this to listen to. Um, and from there, I just keep keep molding it until there's something where we're like, okay, we're out of time, this will do. <laughs> or, or um, you know, this isn't exactly what I wanted, but it seems like uh, the direction you're going in. Or, or we get like the perfect thing and I hit on it at the last minute. Um, and every once in a while I do knock it out of the park randomly, uh, with the first try. And that feels really good to know that I can do that. Nice. Not like us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is still our first take. We're good. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we haven't had to do a complete retake in a week. Shh, let's not talk about 45, episode 45. It's not very much time. Listen, it's still uh, better than the episode we don't talk about, period. Uh, listen, last week we did episode, not retake that one, but I named last week's episode Mental Breakdown for a reason. <laughs> um, 
So uh, who inspired you to, uh, to make remixing and composing your life's work? Oh, um, yes. It's probably uh, Kiriyamaoka with the Silent Hill soundtracks, because that was a dude that went in and really, really, really made his, his music and sound gel together and gel with the game um, by actually having the game play back his sound in like dynamic ways. Um, the Katamari Damacy soundtrack, Jet Set Radio soundtrack. I'm wearing a Jet oh, Set Radio shirt right now. Dude, Jet Set Radio soundtrack and is so good. It is really good. Um, and besides that, I would say definitely the Capcom sound team from like the early mid nineties that did um, like Third Strike, uh, Marvel Superheroes versus Street Fighter, Marvel versus Capcom Two. I like a lot of that stuff. That's great. You're listen. You're killing it on the game composers. I I can't disagree with you. Well, listen. If oh you, oh, and of course Yasunori Mitsuda, uh, Chrono Trigger. I got to represent that. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, hey, if you've ne- listened, it also if you've never given Tekken Three soundtrack, I listen to. There's some jazz. Like they did this jazz funk pop thing. It's so good <laughs> on that soundtrack. I said, yeah, I was um. I was living with someone that I was making music with in college and he told me to sample Tekken three and four. I don't remember, you know, I don't know if I actually sampled for his album that he was making. So somewhere there's some guy rapping over a Tekken beat that I made. I need to go <laughs> go like deep interwebs and find that. <laughs> um, Just all be right. careful. Uh, so I know you did mention some uh, composers, but is there a, a specific composer that is your all time top like when people say, hey, I want to get into listening to, to game soundtracks, who would you who would be the first person off the top of your head? Um, probably number one, Yasunori Mitsuda, because I think he's a crowd pleaser. Um, I think that there's no way you can't fall in love with video game music and want to hear more after you hear Chrono Trigger, after you hear like one of the, the Xena Saga on PS2. Um, that's a really good one. I think that uh, listening to, honestly, Katamari Damacy is a really fun and like quirky soundtrack that contains so many musical styles. And it kind of gives you a peek into how fun game soundtracks can be if you have someone fun working on them, um, how, how freeing it can be to have like a quirky game needs quirky music, you know. Oh, uh, and I will real quick. I, and I'm going to speak on like the Final Fantasy 14 side of it. Like, and, and I know you you haven't played other than like 1.0 for that one hour as we discussed in the pre-show. Yep. yep. Uh, there is a lot of that. I think Soken, who is the the game composer for Final Fantasy 14, he you could tell he takes a lot of those. Like they give him a lot of freedom with with what he wants to do. Like that you can tell that he goes. Not that they don't have input and tell him the same things. I, I believe that your your uh, the team would tell you like, hey, maybe this doesn't feel like right. But you could tell like with certain boss battles, like uh, with the last boss of Alexander, like the the f- second phase, like the midway point, all of a sudden it becomes a wrap. <laughs> so nice. yeah, so like it's that weird thing, or like with Shiva where it's this melodic piano, and all of a sudden during the second phase it becomes a punk song. So he with lyrics and like it's something like so different for me as a Final Fantasy fan to get somebody like that who's taking that time and dedication into music um, and make me fall in love with an MMO soundtrack like I like I do with all the Final Fantasy 14 stuff. So I, I completely agree with him that uh, 
if you're not a lover of game soundtracks and and you've not watched me stream most of the time i'm playing chiptune i'm playing old game soundtracks i'm doing remixes soundtracks i'm playing mellow stuff so know that <laughs> know that gaming music is a big to me so yeah honestly if i was working on an mmo uh, the way that those games constantly have a need for new content, I think I would just start trying really, really crazy stuff too. You it's a good way to uh, put some of this. Yeah, some crazy yes yeah, music that out there for fourteen. Yeah, I, listen, I'm, I told you I'll link you a bunch of tracks. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, and this is from. Uh, Valdemir in uh, chat. How do you select the songs used uh, in your remixes slash mashups? Yeah. Um, BPM rates and lyrical speed compatibility. Yes. Midichlorians. No. Or maybe if that's what you want to call the feeling when you know a mashup is good. Um, and it, it wasn't this organized when I first started doing these. I just with with Chrono Jigga, it was like a hack job compared to what I do now. I essentially, I listen to all the songs from a game soundtrack, and then I listen to all the songs of the artists that I've chosen to remix. And I basically do like a connecting the lines between them. Like, okay, this song can work with all these three songs. This one can only work with this one, but this one also really works with that one. And it's like a process of elimination until I just figure out which ones are the best possible match. And, you know, it's possible that I've fallen in love with one match and overlooked another. So there are, you know, potential like really good team mellow songs that never happened because um, I didn't pursue every uh, single option, but it's pretty organized and I feel like it gets things done pretty quickly. So, so do you, go ahead. Sorry. Do you find then that usually you kind of have an idea for what you want to do? Like it not specifically, like you don't necessarily hear a song and go, oh, I really want to mix that. Or you just kind of get more of, I want this composer or this style or this feel. I, I, sometimes I do the like, oh, this would be great with some Outcast or whatever, or the other way around listening to Outcast and saying, this would be great with this game. Um, and it, it does, there's with the BPM thing that is beats per minute. It's the tempo marker. And, uh, Anything, my, my brain has become better at judging BPMs just by listening uh, than it was before because of these mashups. And I figure out, I think about like a wiggle room between like, okay, this rap is nowhere near as fast as this game song, but it might work because of the rhythm. Um, and sometimes I get the rap song in, in Ableton, uh, my program, and I get the a video game song in there. I'm like, how did this work in my head? It doesn't work at all in real life. That can happen sometimes, even even this far in. Uh, what do you do at that point? Like, do you kind of massage the music a little bit to get it to work, or do you? Sometimes you can, and sometimes it feels like a a loss of time at a certain point. Like, oh, I could just work and find another one that works naturally, and that'll be the actual fit. And that's what I usually do most of the time. So my, my question is, will we ever get a two mellow B, B sides like some of the, the stuff that never made never made it to the actual album that you're like, man, that would have also been a good song. And then you just do like a B sides of all the stuff you didn't do. There is there's not that for mashups. Usually I, I scrape the plate pretty clean when I'm releasing mashups or I, I take all of the ones that didn't work and I, I've already released them as like bonus tracks. Um, but with with composition music. 
Um, there is tons of stuff that I have not released. The mellow archives. (laughs) Yeah, possibly. I mean, musicians, every musician, you know, you see that people have like four or five albums, but behind those, you know, very polished 100 to 120 tracks, there are thousands that they didn't release. And it's kind of amazing to think about your favorite musicians and everything you haven't heard. Okay. So with, 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 uh, the, the mashups and, and everything, I, I want to know, uh, like recently on your YouTube channel, you released a persona five slash mob deep (laughs) Matt and dude, that listen, I, I, I've put that up everywhere. I'm like, tell me you can't shake your butt to this because it's so good. Like, were you just like BPM in and out or was it like you were like, were you just deep into mob? mob <laughs> were you deep into mob deep? And you're like, man, this would go good with that persona five song. Yeah. I, um, actually had been remixing that song with some near automata, which is a, the uh, next thing I'm going to work on after streets of rage, which is what I'm on right now. Um, and so I had experience with that mob deep song, quiet storm. And wanted to do something for persona five because everyone's talking about it and uh life will change is a really good song um so i threw that on it because that was a faster rap song those are kind of rare and yeah it, it worked people are saying like it's one of my favorite things or their favorite things that i've ever done um and it's not even really polished it was kind of a rush job uh for a show that was coming up and just uh, you know post on the internet and get those sweet likes and <laughs> Uh, but pe- people are really, really emotionally attached to that one. And I am too. Uh, rest in peace, Prodigy, by the way. Yeah. Passed away recently. That's sad. Man, um, let's see. We got another question from chat. Uh, mm-hmm. What what artist's music do you find it the easiest to remix? Uh, I'm <laughs> Vladimir in chat is convinced that it's either Jay-Z or Eminem. Mm, the easiest. You know, I think that working with and there's not a lot of songs but i think raekwon or nas really just fits into it. their voices are so good that you can just put it on top of just about anything and it sounds good it just flows right in there's not a lot of work you have to do to their voices um i can tell you the hardest which is ghostface killer because he raps in a way that is very particular to the beat he's on, which is usually a RZA beat, which is like really shuffly and non-traditional. Um, so he can be troublesome. And there's in, in rap music, there's, there's this term in the pocket, which basically means like in every measure, your, your lyrics are cleanly matched to the rhythm of the measure and they end at the end of the measure. So you're like cleanly delivering line after line after line, you're in the pocket you hit the beats at the right time. Ghost faces as far out of the pocket as anyone could ever be just like just sloppy stanzas. And it's his style. And like, no one else has that style except for action Bronson, I guess. And um, it's, it's really special, but it's also, a, it's horrible to work with. Yeah. If you've never listened to the mystery chess boxing, <laughs> and listen to the jockey stand side. Like as soon as yeah. Ghostface comes in, you'll get it real quick of why how Ghostface raps real quick. And and on uh, on Thirty Six Chambers, I forget which song this was. I think uh, oh whatever. Uh, he says one of his lines is not long is how long that this rhyme took me. <laughs> and apparently, apparently he used to write stuff right before he went in the studio in those days. Um, and both he and Method Man were actually exiled from the group for a little while because they weren't good enough. 
and they had to work really hard and come back. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. But a ghost face is so unique, though. I don't know how you could have ever, like... I can see how you right. could have kicked him out initially, but, like... Man, I don't like, know. I mean, it's the Wu-Tang. Like, there's nine legendary people. What's what's losing one legendary person? Well, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. All right. Uh, what's your general process when uh, composing a, a new piece? Um. So, usually, I will start with a chord progression or drums either one of those um it's it's really easy to start with chords because once you have chords you have pretty much the whole song figured out you just have to work backwards from there uh with drums is a little less typical but i just love drums so much i think that drums and piano are probably my favorite uh instruments to compose with so it's either going to be chords or drums uh drums define the rhythm and the feel of the song uh, chords define like the technical boundaries okay uh now i like you guys can't see it because i have the way i have everything cropped but i i know i do I see that you play guitar and <laughs> um so is it now as a as a an art like as a, a musician because i i do play guitar myself like do you do you find uh as much as you love hip-hop when you play guitar are you playing riffs that like do you also like what i mean what other genres of music are would you like mess around with or is like is it only like the hip-hop area um i really like jazz and soul okay so yeah typically i'm trying to play instruments in the most soulful and interpretive type of way all right just, just checking <laughs> oh i saw you and also actually um I am one of the types of people that plays a lot of instruments a little bit rather than playing like one instrument a lot. So a lot of it is just messing around and, you know, my understanding of piano translates to everything, fortunately. Okay. So what else sorts of instruments do you play? I uh, got a trumpet right here. I got um, Same. a piano. I have those guitars. Um, I have a flute and a clarinet. I don't know, but I think you and I just became best friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I play a few things, but I, I have a bad habit of buying a bunch of instruments and not playing them as much as I should. Yeah. Shin, do you, uh, what about you? You play sax? I actually did play sax, uh, did alto you? sax in high school. Yeah. Holy Long shit. We got, we got a ska band. <laughs> I, I'm sorry though. Like I grew up learning the piano. I played piano for like 10 some odd years. And then I switched over into percussion, not so much the drums, but the rest of the percussion section. Yeah, I have a lot of percussion instruments too. Those are very cheap sometimes, and you just go to sometimes, and you're just like, "Let me get three new percussion instruments." I'm not saying. Listen, I'm not saying we just all meet up someplace and just start a funk ska band, right? <laughs> and we'll bring ska back. It's gonna be great, guys. <laughs> Oh, so I do see, I don't know if this is probably your next question. Probably. A little, a little bullet underneath the last question. Yes. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if I was passing over it or not, because it's a good one. I didn't want to. No, no. It's, uh, yeah, does it differ uh, depending on type of work, or is it contract versus for fun? So in, in 2013, when I started working on ROM, and I, people started wanting to pay me for the first time, it was really weird. And there was a ton, a ton of pressure 
when I was making something for any type of money versus for fun. And I think this is something any artist goes through uh, when their work suddenly becomes like commoditized and you have to make up a per hour rate uh, is that you just wonder like, is this really, really, this is just what I was making for free like a month ago. Is it really good enough to suddenly start charging people? And yes, of course it is you idiot, but you don't believe anyone when they tell you that. So it takes a while. Um, and so I would have just these, I would get the sweats just like, oh, I can't sell this. this isn't worth it. These people are, are like putting all the confidence in me that is in the world. I, I don't know what to do, but at some point you start seeing, you start treating it as music again, you get over it. And, uh, for fun versus contract, uh, out of the two, I would say that actually for fun is the one that suffers more. Um, the contract stuff just gets stronger and stronger because you have kind of a bond with the people you're working with. Whereas the stuff you do for fun, sometimes it's hard to, um, to make concepts on your own and think of like what your own style is after you've been doing all this other work elsewhere. Like when I come back to the core, uh, to mellow, what is it now? Yeah. Real deep. <laughs> I know yeah. like with other artists, especially like, um, visual uh, people who draw and make stuff a lot of times on the internet uh people want their work for free do you get a lot of requests from people like saying hey you make stuff make this for me for free because you have nothing else to do right (laughs) yeah it's um it's a huge huge problem on the internet because of like the way the way that things are shared online someone or many someone's can mistake like the posting of some quick fan art or like a remix that I do is being like, oh, this person loves putting stuff out for free. Um, and yeah, I've gotten hit up about that a number of times. Like, hey, can can the amount of that I love your music get me a free remix? Or can uh, you work on this project for like revenue share, which is not, not the worst thing. At least they're promising something. Or um, like some future payment that might exist or just helping me out and for exposure is the classic one. And yes, it actually does happen. It's not just a meme. Um, people really do it. I could have a, I could and have had big conversations on this. Just check my Twitter feed, uh, but it's, there is no for exposure. There is no currency in that really. And um, what I recommend to young artists is, you know, if you don't feel like you can get hired yet, if you don't feel like you have that portfolio, just do stuff for yourself and build up your own uh, portfolio out of your own works. They don't have to be for anything to be impressive. And don't don't let anyone have any of your like souls work for free. Uh, there's no point in it. You're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. Uh, I would give people the same advice because uh, I'm still shocked that people sub to us here. <laughs> so- <laughs> Let's say we're technically giving away this content for free all the time. So. Te- technically, but not technically anymore. <laughs> people, people expect something now, <laughs> and we yeah, got to deliver. What that is, I don't know. Yes, yeah, so y'all are kind of on the hump, getting over right now, huh? It's something. It's it's weird. We're on something. Yeah, it's it's weird looking at the fact like i didn't think when we got the sub button because it was just all right cool we got affiliate and it was like all right we'll get bits maybe like somebody will just be generous like chili who was just like here's a dollar and that's cool like all right hey we made a dollar that's something like that's more than what we had before not 
by the way, Chili, thank you for that dollar. I'm not disparaging your dollar by any means, but when I, you know, the week end of us getting that sub, and then next thing I know, we had eight people subbed instantly over that weekend. I was like, oh, well, that's that's unexpected. Yeah, you never know who's out there who would want to give you money if there was an option. Yeah, it's uh, but it's it's pretty shocking. Like we don't even have a Patreon yet. Like I don't feel like we're. It's one of those things where I'm like, I don't feel like we are at that place where we can make that ask for that sort of like, hey, help us support us. Where this, I'm like, all right, well, cool. Like I can stream and I'm giving you something in return <laughs> for your patronage. Uh, thank you, by the way, all of you, and I know some of you are in chat. Thank you, by the way. Um. So uh, let's get it. And I know a lot of us are we're Final Fantasy podcast. Don't worry, we got we got these questions coming up too. You use a lot of Final Fantasy music in your remixes. Is there any reason for that? Yeah, like half the games are fucking Final Fantasy games. There's like 30 of them. It's true. Since most of the music made for video games is for Final Fantasy games. So it's just either that or I use, like, I don't know, Alfred Chicken or Toe Jam and Earl. Like, what else is there? A Toe Jam and Earl had a funky soundtrack. Yeah, actually, I should use Toe Jam and Earl. Toe Jam and Earl a really funky soundtrack. But, um, yeah. Actually, the reason is that I think the standard of quality across the Final Fantasy series has always been very high. Um, I think that, see, I have not played anything before Final Fantasy IV, and I've not played anything after thirteen yet. But like within that range, at least, I can say there is some very strong stuff. Okay, um, you're not. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like I said, you're getting you're getting links later. <laughs> uh, so uh, so, what are your thoughts on uh, Nobuo Uematsu, the 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 Godfather of uh, Final Fantasy music? So I haven't um, actually re- researched him as much as I have some composers, and I I don't know because I know there are some you know. You can't you can't assume that every Final Fantasy song is by him. There have been a lot of collaborations, um, but I think that he is the reason that video game music in general has such strong melodies. Because you listen to like his soundtrack for Final Fantasy on NES, and how he creatively used the extremely limited palette to make this really strong soundtrack, and to work with um, to work with the the limitations of video games and saying like, okay, well we can't have like orchestra chordal stuff. So I'm going to instead make this very strong lead melody um, and have this little arpeggio playing in the background as a chord, but it's mainly going to be this lead melody. And I think that we can, we can credit him and Koji Kondo as well with giving us that kind of catchy melodic style that, characterizes the best video game music still to this day yeah hot tip i don't really like uh stuff that gets too orchestral and like cinematic for video games i love it for movies but yeah i think that when i'm playing a video game i want the soundtrack to to be whistly i want to be able to whistle that shit tell you i'm like you so much shit uh and you're not you're not wrong like matoya's cave is probably one of my favorite tracks off the early final fantasy games and, and, and i know like they took they like a lot of things that soken does is that he takes a lot of the older tracks and 
reuses them in 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 14 because 14 is kind of uh i don't know i don't want to say hub Great, world greatest hits kind of like like a lot of it if, if like for example like the current raid is omega and they use final fantasy 5 the uh the interdimensional rift so a lot of the bosses came from from five and and so a lot of the raid bosses are like like x death and uh um real volt and like like a bunch of those bosses are in there and a lot of that music is too it's just up on a, a lot of like scene. a reimagining of the music and the worlds and the bosses and the characters like a lot of it is in there but it's also like it's it's weird i'm telling you <laughs> you'll love it i'm just kidding. you may hate me after <laughs> <It's fine>. um <laughs> so uh speaking of uh final fantasy what's your favorite final fantasy game six i don't have to take any time to answer that question it's six fantastic answer six is so good Oh, and I've been playing 12, and that's pretty damn good to me anyway. I don't know. I know there's some dissent about 12, but I've been playing the the remaster, and I've been enjoying it very much. I, I am a not-liker of 13 too much. I, I like 12 more than I like 13. I, and I think that since I know that 12 has a fast track option where you can kind of like speed through, like, and that to me, I, I'd be down. Yes. Like I, so... I love that when they remake these Final Fantasy games, they're like, here, you can speed up and, like, zoom through, like, things. I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah, it's a great way to get you to play it again. Yeah, it's smooth. Shin's way too busy. He He wants to play more Final Fantasy games, but he has no time. I've played and beaten the first one. Uh Uh-huh. Just that? Uh, That's it. We just the dead stop. I play 14. I'm working on 15. You're you're getting the the cliff notes at 14 technically. <laughs> Listen, if Shix, uh, Shix, if 6 shows up in Omega and, you know, it'll be fine. Kafka will be there. It'll be crazy. There needs to be a real way to play 6 and not that bullshit RPG maker 6, but uh. like the real 6. The real six. To play it in a way that people are going to be okay with, because I feel like it's hard to recommend that game these days. And I and I played it. I played it when I was a kid, and I play it every year. So I'm super biased. And people are like, uh, my friends are telling me like, I don't know. I didn't know I was supposed to go to this mountain and meet uh, the karate master. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course, that's what you do. It's just what you do. Yeah. But, but then I look. I look at the game, and I'm like, oh no, there's like barely anything telling you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like in the first three hours okay six is per- six is perfect six is such a great game listen i'll, I'll spoil six i don't give two shits <laughs> I'll spoil- shin probably doesn't want me to spoil six but i'll spoil <laughs> i don't think you i don't think you should i think that it does something that's very unique in video games that i still haven't seen you know i haven't played every game but the the turn in the middle of six mm-hmm. is still still unlike anything i've seen in the game maybe we'll have to set up a stream for it one day uh let's yeah. do a, a full playthrough has the one year anniversary yeah, one, passed yet or has the anniversary for, for that for six i'll look up when that game was released and maybe on the anniversary of six we'll play mm-hmm. through six but we may only have Should to see more than one year well not the one year but whatever you know what i'm talking about listen man think, uh, yeah it, it'll probably be about three more years in october i think is when that was released um that it'll come up on its 30th but I released the, my album on its 25th. So, all right. I don't know if you want to wait three years. 
<laughs> we can play it on the. No, that we, we might be able to schedule it for three years, and then we'll have time for it. Yeah, then we'll have time. one of the best things about being streamers, especially streamers with subscribers, is that you can use that time to play the games you never got a chance to, and you can justify it. Uh, yeah, guys, if you want to uh, see that happen, <laughs> sub to us, and we'll find time. <laughs> Oh yeah, you should ask them first. I forgot to mention that part. Yeah, the, do a the, poll. Do a poll and make all the options six. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we can make that happen. Uh, so this is how we lose subs? This is well, or gain a lot more. Let's find out. Um, <laughs> a lot of uh, games mentioned have been uh, JRPG style. Uh, what are your thoughts on non JRPG game music? Um. Mega Man's pretty good. Um, I'm no aficionado of the Mega Man games. I was doing a stream thing where I was playing a bunch of those for the first time. I beat one and two. I couldn't make it through three. But that music is really good. Um, I love the the Metroid leitmotifs, which if people don't know that term, it basically means like the the theme melodies that carry throughout a series. Um, I already said Silent Hill. Love those non-jrpgs yeah um ninja gaiden is really good music i'm just i'm just riffing off the dome here these are, and uh I like, I like a couple fighting game soundtracks very much marvel versus capcom 2 street fighter third strike both very good wow third strike nice <laughs> yeah, i uh, strike is, well, is my main my main fighting game and i'm real bad but i put in the work because i just want to like be i want to see that art and I will listen to that music. And if I have to be good at this extremely hard fighting game to do it, I'm going to do that. Me, you, me, you, me, maybe the only two people in the world. <laughs> you and me. No, no, uh, no, we're not alone. Believe me. Is there, is there like a weird, like, is there like a weird, like deep third strike underground that I don't know about? Oh yeah. Most people consider it still the best fighting game. Oh man. Oh, it's, it's all right. Either, it's either that or that or Samurai Showdown 2 or Garo, I think, or like the Samurai the Showdown tops. 2 is pretty good. It yeah, it's also I, pretty good. I just got like Tekken 7 and I'm like, and they put Akuma in there and he's, he's really good. And uh, and I was like, I had to go to like uh, arcade mode to find Harong or Harong. And then I was like, ooh, that's my guy. And it was like riding a bicycle. I was like, mm, I don't know if I should awesome. go online because I like I felt really good because I was just beating dudes. I was like, if I go online, I'm going to get <laughs> I may get real sad never. real quick. Yeah, never go online. Uh, really I just, I just mean That's that in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There that guy. Or I'll, uh, well, see everybody. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Never go online. Well, no, come online because you have to watch us and we have to interview Mello. <laughs> stay, stay online. Only for us, though. And maybe Final Fantasy XIV because without that, we're nothing. <laughs> um. So, all right. So, Mega Man. Uh, so, have you thought about, like, um, like like the like the, du- the Ducktales like platformer from the early uh, like nineties and like like what about like that sort of like music where like a lot where a lot of it is like iconic. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about like looking at that like making like like an EP sort of like off stuff that you don't normally like listen to and like I wonder if I can I like as a um I don't want to say. I know, like you like between like we talked about the fun and things, but like ever as a challenge to yourself, like take tracks you're not used to. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I when I first kind of had a bunch of people come into me for the video game remixes, the first thing I asked, oh, Castlevania. Fuck, I forgot that one. Castlevania is so good. Yeah. But I guess I remixed that, so you know I like that. Um, the first thing I asked people was like, hey, just throw recommendations at me. And I got like 80 different games. And so basically I was checking these games out and uh, it's interesting when you go music first into a game because you have no idea about what actually playing it's going to be like. You just know that it has this really good song that you want to get to. And it's so it is really interesting, the thought of finding a way to round up a bunch of these games that don't really fit into my normal mold that I couldn't really make a whole album out of. But I, I got to tell you, I think I did do like a FM Genesis remix of what the Moon song from DuckTale would sound like if it was coming out of an FM sound chip. I did that after I worked on ROM because I knew the the technical specifications. But I think I would do that song. I would do Super Mario Land, you know, that one song. All right. That is a dope-ass song. Uh, I would probably do some Yoshi's Island stuff. Nice. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> Especially on the DuckTales. <laughs> if you've not listened, listen. Oh, wait. All right, here. I got to... I, Listen, this question's not even on there. All right, so speaking of, since since indie gaming has become such a huge hit, uh, especially with like the rise of, um, like especially on PC and now moving over to the the, the consoles, um, as, as everybody's embracing these indie titles, um, something like Shovel Knight, where the music was super great. Like, do you ever think of like, man, I wonder, even though that's such an indie title, would you ever like look at something like Shovel Knight and remix it and 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 see what you could do there? Um, I haven't pursued it yet, but I do like end up kind of knowing a fair amount of composers from orbiting the same sphere. And it would be cool to like maybe get like source files for someone's tracks and uh, remix it from a more technical perspective um, in a way that, that everyone is aware of what's happening. Uh, it, w- it would be interesting to do like something that's more of a collaboration with another artist on their own soundtrack. I haven't really pursued that yet. I don't, I don't know. That's the, I don't know listen. which, which indie soundtrack I would go after. I don't, I don't listen. I don't know what train I need to be on to help that make that happen, but let me know. <laughs> I will start a Twitter campaign. Just let me know what artist and what game and I will find the composer. And we'll make that happen. You know, one of my favorite game soundtracks, uh, indie game soundtracks, that probably wouldn't work for what I do, uh, but is just really beautiful is the soundtrack for To the Moon. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, that is some some great, great piano work. Uh, listen, guys, we're going to make that happen. I'm gonna, <laughs> we'll talk after the show, and then if you see me just bla- like blasting for people, it's not because I'm harassing them. It's because we want to make this happen. Um, <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, what are what are your what are some of your favorite? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in two parts. What are your what were some of your favorite games to play growing up? Let's say growing up first. Yeah, growing up. Um, so my first console was a Super Nintendo. I was probably I was definitely of the age where I could have gotten an NES, but the I think the financial opportunity didn't come around for my family until um, a family friend was selling their Super Nintendo with uh, Mario World and Pilot Wings for really cheap and I also got a bunch of EGM issues and I use those to find other games that I would like but when I when I was growing up I played uh, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, 
um, Final Fantasy VI. I played a lot of like other knockoff character platformers that were trying to be Mario, as every kid did, you know, thinking like, oh, Radical Rex looks cool. It's a dinosaur with a skateboard. This game's probably not horrible. Um, and uh, there's that legendary Lion King game for Super Nintendo. You mean the it's game actually that like one of the hardest soul-crushing games that has ever been made, but you wouldn't know because it's just like a licensed property. Listen, I, I knew what Rage was at, at age 7 or 8. <laughs> Whatever the hell that game. 10, maybe? I don't know. Stage 2 was impossible. Yeah, I never made it past stage 2. Actually, no, I made it to the uh, like running. The, the gazelles? The, like yeah. The, yeah, the mode 7 running with the gazelles like yeah. once. Yeah, uh, it's that that and Super Star Wars that was super hard. Super Star Wars was super hard. <laughs> super hard Wars. Yeah. I love that. I see a lot of Let's Players revisit that game and kind of get thrown off by how brutal it is. He hates me because I said Super Hard Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Listen, you gotta you gotta learn learn to be like me and just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, steamroll it. it. Just roll past me. Chad will hate it too. Don't worry. Maybe not. One person in there is like <laughs> hard wars. It's probably Kane. <laughs> it's anybody. It's probably Kane. <laughs> All right. Chili's uh, been quiet. Chili has been real quiet. I'm a little worried. Chili, you live over there, buddy. Um. So it could be farming. Okay, true. Uh. So what? So growing up, but now currently, like you said, twelve uh, has been like at, like probably. I, I know I saw it on Twitter. I think you said what top five Final Fantasies is where you're placing twelve, right? I'm I'm putting it up there. I have okay. I have very hard Final Fantasy opinions. That is probably not the podcast. Oh no, this is the podcast. <laughs> this is the you exact wanna... yes. All right, do you want to hear my top five? Yeah, absolutely. All right, here it goes. So number one is six. Okay. Uh. Number two, uh, nine is holding pretty strong. Okay. Number three is four. Okay. Number four is 10. All right. And, and number five is 12. That's my top five. Wow. Like seven didn't make the top five at all. Interesting. No, I have a personal grudge against seven because I discovered six around the time it came out. And everyone at school was talking about like how cool Final Fantasy seven on the PS1 was. And I was like, yo, six though. Six though, like, what system is that even on? I don't know. Six though, yo, can no. You I, imagine, can you imagine being like a person who had just discovered six and you think it's the most amazing thing, <laughs> surrounded by people who just discovered seven and think it's the most amazing thing? You know, that's when the series really broke out. It did. It was the first 3D of all of the, of the Final Fantasy game, and reason being, like that was a, a system seller for Sony, so. Yeah. I my top five is a six. Uh, so me and you have the same number one. So six uh, for both of us because six is a beautiful piece of artwork. <laughs> it is artwork to me. It's like I know how some people are like video games are an artwork. Six is artwork. <laughs> if you ever want to look, if yeah, I ever you, you fight a you fight a painting in that game. Yes, you do. <laughs> you fight artwork. You do fight artwork. Uh, to me. Uh, so uh, yeah, one is six. Seven is next, just because I uh, I was going through a rough time. I had a, a death of, death of the friend, and seven. A lot of uh, if you've never played seven, seven is a a uh, the way seven works is that it's it kind of teaches you about coping with death and acceptance, um, and seven works that way. So I that like it's such a weird thing, but seven taught me about acceptance and accepting death and life and 
yourself as a per like it's it's such a weird thing to think about with a video game but it's what it is with seven um four so so far so far it's six seven four right T- ten is number i don't necessarily like the tight the tightest laugh and some of the aspects but ten f- was the first ten, one that, ten is just ten special. is so weird because it's just undeniably there's such you know you say the oh I hate Blitz Ball oh I hate <laughs> Titus's voice acting but like ten is fucking good there's, though it, there's there's so, something so special about ten <laughs> and then yeah. uh, last but not least uh, for me uh, right now is fourteen is number five and I know a lot of people in chat maybe think you're a freaking crazy person but the story in Stormblood was really good <laughs> so barring that five right now. That could change as the patches come out. You know, yeah. eight eight may slip right back up in there. I feel like out of you know seven, eight, and nine, I feel like I could only put one on my list because that's like an era, and I feel it like is. nine is the one that holds up the best right now. Nine nine was a call back to form for them. Like it was really like, yeah. and plus everybody loves VV. <laughs> GG. VV made an appearance in our game. That's right. <laughs> so. Seven is underrated in present day. Come at me. Seven, seven is the least underrated. Seven is underrated present day. Seven is the least underrated. I'm not going to say that six is the most underrated. It's absolutely not. I, I probably agree with uh, Vladimir who mentions five. I mean, five. You're right. No one talks about five. Yeah, five, five, uh, five. Intro- did five introduce the the? It started. I think five, five started introducing the the uh, Magitech, right? If I remember correctly, five is where they started introducing like that that steampunk stuff. <laughs> like, it could be wrong. Listen, it's all listen. It's been a long time. It's all blending up in here. But I I want to say five. Oh no, I no, I'm right because Omega with the interdimensional rip, they was five where they started introducing. I am right. I'm not crazy. Um, yeah, it, it all, you're right. It also introduces the job system, which we now use throughout the series. Um, let's keep let's keep going, shall we? All right. Uh, so, um, for anybody that's out there that uh, our listeners or viewers right now that are uh, want to be, you know, future composers or, or even just starting or even just want to just be remix artists, like what 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 are some uh, any advice you can give them? Yeah, uh, listen to as much music as possible. Uh, use the internet as a teaching resource. Don't think that you have to to go to school for it. You can go to school for something else that could be your backup job, and you can compose. Uh, you can learn to compose on the side. Um, do do work for yourself, like I kind of mentioned before. Uh, boost up your own portfolio before you start like helping other people boost theirs. Um, get to know people in the industry at any chance you possibly get um it is it's the worst thing to hear and the most hated thing to hear when you don't know anybody but connections are important um and not for like gross reasons of getting promoted and not deserving to connections are important because when people get to know you they get to understand like how you how you will perform in certain roles and so the reason that you might get hired because you're a friend of someone is not necessarily just because you have like this weird friend status. It's because they actually understand you as a person. So don't, don't see connections as being something like gross that you don't want to get into. 
Um, and even if you're, you know, kind of, kind of shy and you don't think that marketing yourself or meeting people that way would come as easily to use others, everyone in the industry is kind of weird. <laughs> but, but the one thing I can, I can say is that I, I would always want to help somebody if I could, which this is what I'm talking about right now. Hey, do, listen. I, well, I mean, look. Don't look at me. I just, I, I just produce podcasts. <laughs> so, but it's something. Listen, he's not wrong. Like, if you think I don't, I'm not using this to try to get into community relations at a video game company. I am, because guess what? <laughs> Social media. This stuff is. It's kind of what I'm good at. Ashin. Yeah, I have. I have a a friend who I met on an internet forum when we were like in our late teens early 20s and we both told each other like we're gonna meet again in the game industry and we did and we're both working on a fighting game he's the community manager i do the music and sound of course and like more than ever it is it's an open field it's it's hungry for people to come and not just work under somebody but make a new thing you know stop thinking about games in terms of like this is going to be a platformer or this is going to be a fighter, or this is going to be an RPG. Um, the tools are more open than ever. The connections are more open than ever. So I do I do urge people to get into the games industry. Hey, listen, I'm 32, and I just made that. Like, I told, like, Twitter, like, it was, like, three weeks ago that I'm, I'm making the career jump over to get... I know it's going to be, like, a long, arduous process, because I have, you know, no college in it, no, but it doesn't mean that I don't have, pa- it's all about passion, right? I think you would agree it's about the passion you put into. Yeah, I have an English degree, you know, I, I never studied music professionally. I just worked at it so hard. Um, and, you know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of people like to make the argument about talent versus hard work. Like, does someone, can someone with talent not do hard work? Or can someone with hard work ever reach the, the, uh, level of someone with talent without having it and absolutely they can i think that the work is the main thing if you have a spark of talent but you don't use it or you just coast on it um you're you're wasting that the the real thing is is always the work and the hustle and hustle loyalty respect you know no no no, no, John Cena fans out there. Okay. <laughs> listen, That's listen, fine. listen. No, no, no. It's fine. No, no. Listen, because I'm I, not even I, really. <laughs> listen, I got that reference. Maybe two people in chat got that reference. Shin right. did not. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I guess it's it's show and prove in the industry. Um. So if you show that that you're willing to to do some kind of wild things and not wait for that like opportunity to be handed to you but start chasing it right now i think that's the most important thing so by the way this is he's he said it i'm just pointing it out this is why we did this interview by the way <laughs> like i want i want I, like, besides besides me being like when you're, i'm your biggest fan <laughs> like, yeah, do, do you have any um particular questions beyond that i do yeah, here for it i do uh well i mean I have other questions, but those are our last two questions. But I do, I do, I, I will say this. Uh, like I, I did, I did tell my co-host here, like uh, last week, that you know I don't want us to rest on our laurels as, as just solely as a Final Fantasy 14 podcast. I think it would be behoove us to 
um, reach out and spread our wings a little and uh, and and talk to because a lot of a lot of the folks here, I think even in chat, watching, listening later are are, are always very Final Fantasy fourteen focused. But I think it's interesting to to sit down with someone like you and and chat about game composing because we're never going to get that chance. Uh, and a lot of other podcasts may never get the chance to sit down with Sokin and 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 chat with him about how composing is in Final Fantasy fourteen because it, it, don't laugh at <laughs> listen. No, no, I was just imagining trying to sit down with Sokin on a podcast, and I think that would be the most hilarious thing ever. Well, oh, oh, I can't make it happen. All right? I will try. No, I, I, I did a podcast with uh, a music magazine in Japan at like 3 a.m. once. Listen, if listen, do you want to be up at 3 a.m.? I think we can get him. I would do it. All right, well, I'll see what I can do. He said, Melo said yes. I mean, Sokin may say maybe. So... Let's take it like that. Um, so yeah, man, it's you know I, I wanted to bring something that was different for the show, and I and by the way, you're, you've been a great guest. Like I think we've been pelting you with questions this whole time. <laughs> um, but I, I think that it's important for I th- I think a lot of people that play video games to get your like, especially with this game where the music is such a fit, you know a like a focal point for a, a lot of the content. Um, getting uh, the views from someone who creates that music, not necessarily, like I said, for a Final Fantasy game, but even for like 2064 ROM or or even just the remixes that you do, like you, you put so much passion and love and and hard work in your stuff. Like like I said, I've listened to your stuff early to now, and I could tell the difference between your early stuff and then something like 2064 where... I listen to 2064. It's chill. I love listening to it. It's relaxed. Like, I'll put it on stream and people are like, what is that? It's good. Go check it out, guys. So with that being said, I mean, like, do you, how is it for you? Like, do you, do you, uh, do you believe that, like, like speaking on resting on your laurels, like, do you believe that's good to, to get out there and stretch and try new things and, and, and push forward yeah, there's a there's a there's a balance between having a plan and, and doing this. Like, um, by all means, don't don't jump into something just so that you're you have like a new product coming out. Actually, think about like a long term plan. Because yeah, I gotta say, like in 2015, I was probably still thinking like three months to three months, not even thinking year to year yet. But uh, eventually, I started seeing things as like broader long term projects that would that would bring people in at a steady rate and make people realize, Hey, this is the thing that I'm doing right now. Um, you know, if you're late, I don't need to get you caught up because clearly when you just look at what I'm doing, you know, okay, okay. I I get what this, what this guy's vibe is. So I think having a plan of how you want to present yourself, um, finding other people who maybe even want to help you in your goal if possible. Um, and I guess so. I guess like forming a mission statement, forming a plan, stuff like that is important uh, when you're when you're going to reach out. Um, write all the things that you would dream to do down on paper, no matter how ridiculous they are, and really break them down and think about what is needed um, to get there. And sometimes you might be surprised to find that it doesn't actually seem like that much. Yeah, I shouldn't I wrote down our stuff, and Spaceship Mansion was one of them. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hey, hey, you can, you can just, 
who says a spaceship has to leave Earth? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Everybody's welcome to the spaceship mansion once we get it. So. Shin's, Shin's, I don't think Shin's on board with the spaceship mansion anymore. I want to see the spaceship mansion. It's pretty sick, dude. Listen, the podcasting space is glorious. <laughs> Imagine just a room with actual like radio mics and cameras. Be fantastic. The whole thing is a green room. We'll just be sitting inside the spaceship mansion. Literally inside the spaceship mansion. Uh, so, uh, speaking uh, of you know going forward and looking towards the future are what are what are your uh future plans or upcoming work uh anything you're going to be able to share with us yeah uh while i was on this podcast i realized that i have two albums coming out in two weeks <laughs> um which is not something that usually happens but i have my uh midnight broadcast series of like chill instrumental hip-hop um the second volume of this got delayed because I decided I wanted to do a physical release of it and I didn't have funds at the time, but I did, I did a Kickstarter and that worked out. So uh, Midnight Broadcast Volume 2 will be coming out on August 15th. Uh, volume 1 is already out at my Bandcamp, which is tomellowmakes.bandcamp.com. Um, and that's been a really fun series to do. Also, since I'm on a video game podcast, I have Streets of Resistance, which is my Streets of Rage mashup with just various artists coming out on July 31st. And that is an album designed to push people towards using, you know, um, the anger that is in the air in America right now to push for something positive and trying to funnel people into this website where they can listen to the music and um, read about different organizations trying to push for human rights in the United States and maybe wanting to donate to one of those since my music's free, didn't have to pay anything for it. Uh, so it's all about redirecting your rage. Um, aside from that it is mostly stuff that is under non-disclosure agreements. Uh, gotta, I know how that goes. Gotta love those NDAs. You did mention a game earlier, and the name is escaping me. Cerebral? Oh, um, so I, I, I'm doing constant work on Cerebral, um, and that is a two-on-two fighting game tag team. I don't know if uh, anyone in your audience is into fighting games, but we have prototype builds going out every two weeks, and uh, it is spelled just like it sounds. It is Cerebral, but a brawl, and... Um, it is a really quirky fighting game. We're doing um, direction under Elliot Min, who used to work at Harmonix and 38 Studios. And he has some really great stories about 38 Studios and Kingdoms of Amalur. And Bro, um, can I get yeah. in on the stories? I need that in my life. Maybe, Wait, maybe I'll, 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 talk to, I'll talk to you after the show. I got a lot of questions. <laughs> I got a lot of personal <laughs> questions that we shouldn't talk about on the air. <laughs> um so i am constantly working on cerebral we're, we're aiming towards getting a publisher right now we're preparing like a really good vertical slice and trying to get funds because it's amazing how you when a game gets money everything just starts going like seven times as fast because you're able to like hire people and all the, some really really insane ideas like hiring um and uh, besides that i actually do realize that i can talk about that I'm going to be remixing some near automata. I don't know if we have any Yoko Taro uh, fans uh, within, within your community, but um, oh, I'm sure we do. the Dragon guard series 
all have really, really amazing music, but I'll be taking some stuff from the two near games and remixing that with various artists. Also going to try to work with some of the voice talent on that game, which is something that I haven't done before, but I think that I want to try to, to commission them to do some unique stuff for me. Nice. Uh, I know on Twitter, uh, Cesarean, uh, not Cesarean, Cicerin. I don't know how to say his name. Listen, it's a lot of SCs and I's and R's. <laughs> Uh, but he's got a dope, he's got a dope bicycle must like a little curly kima. It's great. And, and listen, Scarlet and chat's going to be like, bro, his name is this. <laughs> is it, is it Cicerillion? Yes. Cicerillion. How do you say that? I'm oh, bad. Cerisian. Cerisian. Thank you. Listen, terrible with names. All right. <laughs> Look, never forget a face. Never forget a video game. I <laughs> can tell you, I can tell you characters and stories. Show me a Twitter handle and be like, I cannot pronounce that for my life. I cannot. Thanks, Scar. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, he's a huge fan of yours, and he gives real hype. So he's gonna—I know he's for sure gonna listen to this. Uh, he was like, "We were talking about you," and he was like, "All right," and that's what kind of like edged me on to be like, "All right, I'll get you know what? I'm gonna okay. get him on the show. <laughs> Let me see how that goes." So, uh, well, I think you promoted. Did you not see it. his tweet earlier? I uh, no. I've been setting this all up. The the command station was what I was working on. By the way, I run this rodeo. <laughs> Shin, Shin will eventually be my backup for the rodeo. I, I held up Shin. Shin has all these sweet new computer parts literally on his desk to, I'm assuming, to his left. <laughs> Turn her there. He's got a whole it got a new Ryzen 7, all new motherboard, <laughs> like all this sweet stuff. And he's like, I kind he's like, I kind of want to not do the show so I can build all this, but he's not going to sleep tonight instead. I think he had more fun doing the show personally. We'll see. I haven't gotten to that part yet. No, you'll hate it. I'm <laughs> something's not gonna go. Right. Well, no, I I don't wish that on you. I promise, I don't wish that on you. Um, I, I built a few things. So uh, you yeah. want me to click link? I'll see what you want to show me. <laughs> M. Holy shit! All caps. Okay, I see it. It's true. It's the thing. Um, dude, thank you, so, Tumelo. Thank you so much. I, I don't I don't have any other questions really for you, but thank you so much for coming to do Maelstrom Radio. Uh, yet again, guys, you know, we're normally Final Fantasy 14 podcast, but we don't want to be your average Final Fantasy 14 podcast. And uh, so, Mello, do you have anything left in your tank that you might want to share with anybody or where, where you were to find you again? Was, was like Tumelo.net. <laughs> Tumelomakes.bankapp.com. We uh, lost the audio here. Did we lose audio, or did he push? Forget. To push oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not doing the push to talk thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you you were very on brand. I try. You, you have been saying all the right links for me, but I yeah. also did want to mention uh, that it is spelled numeral two mellow without a W. I curse my old self for choosing this, and um. Mellow makes on Twitter. You can find me there and pretty much if there's any question that I didn't answer on the show or something you want to ask me, I try to answer and like literally every tweet that comes my way. I've done a pretty good job so far. It's pretty great. Um, yeah, no, uh, shouldn't you got any, anything? Left? I got nothing else to add to this. I'll put right. the links into chat and then, uh, we can add them to show notes and stuff as well after. Absolutely. 
Uh, so, as always, thank you all uh, for joining us for Mail- uh, Maelstrom Radio. Um, I, uh, I this time it was Mel- Maelstrom Radio. Yeah, Mellowstrom Radio. Yeah. Although that may be the show title now. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Yep, Mellowstrom Radio. Thank you, Shin. I don't know if we need an, uh, like a fit. A f- I listen. I don't know if we need a fifth Twitter, but <laughs> we could probably co-own it with Mellow. <laughs> Just be Mellowstrom Radio. Uh, so, guys, as you know, I'll, I'll be streaming uh, Mellow stuff uh, throughout the week. I mix in some other artists and stuff like that, but I will always support Mellow and what he does. And uh, his his music is free on Bandcamp, but of course you can go and buy all the soundtracks and help support them and help them, uh, you know, put food in the fridge and AC, keep that on. <laughs> you live in the South, right? Like same as me. <laughs> I live in Florida. So I, I live on the, I live on uh, right above the Mason Dixon. I'm in Kentucky. Oh, you're right there. So it's does... right there. I can just go down just a few, few miles and be there. <laughs> I, I have to. How how I was gonna, okay. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Wait. How long did it take you to unlearn that accent? No, I never had it. Like I, I think that that thing about being raised by like movies and music is true. I don't know. I just. You're not wrong. I, I never had to struggle with it. I my half my family's from New York, and every once in a while I'll hop out with a coffee, like a like the awe in the coffee, but. uh Every, yeah. I try not to. I try to break it away. Uh, Sometimes if I start a sentence with well, it'll, it'll be like, whoa, just got really southern here. Chin's from Canada. He can't help. <laughs> I don't think I brought out A on the podcast yet, so. I have not heard it. I You do say Zed when you say Z. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, be, be, but, Zed? but it is Zed, right? <laughs> Listen, we have a lot more U's. I think Zed is the right way. It, it, See, he knows what he's talking about. You're not wrong. Zed sounds cooler. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, mute, mute these guys and play our outro and talk for like two, 30 seconds. <laughs> um, so they can hear it. You guys can't hear them. I'm sure they'll just wave goodbye. But thank you so much for joining us for Maelstrom Radio. I appreciate every single one of you that came out live to join us and listen. Uh, Mello is showing off the Final Fantasy. Is that the sixth soundtrack? <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining us. You can find us at www.maelstromradio.com. You can find us at showmaelstromradio.com. You can find us on Discord. You can find us on Twitter at maelstrom underscore radio. You can find us on Facebook at maelstromradio.com. You can find us here at twitch.tv forward slash maelstromradio.com. I want to thank Shin. I want to thank Two Mello. I want to thank everybody that came out to hang out with us. Till C swallows all. Keep listening. Maelstrom Radio is a production of maelstromradio.com, Blackfire Media Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Opening theme provided by Benjamin Anthony James. You can find more of their music over at soundcloud.com forward slash ben773. Our outro is provided by Sodo. You can find more of their music over at soundcloud.com forward slash Sodo. Views and opinions expressed on this episode are of those of Maelstrom Radio and their hosts, and do not reflect the views and opinions of Square Enix. And until C swallows all, keep listening.